0: Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Vorovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have sent a team to explore the Iron Kestrel. Eli launched the cable that got the boarding party across, and Atticus's power fist made the entryway. Meanwhile, Valentine learned more about Canehurst's Xenos interests, and Morgan stuck to the shadows and went unseen. What scuttled the Iron Kestrel, and why did its captain shoot herself? Find out next, in this episode of the Valentine Heresy.
1: Help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Repeating message recorded from the Iron Kestrel. Eli and Atticus, you have found uh, yourselves in a small ship uh, floating um, stationary on the edge of a large asteroid field. Uh, The Iron Kestrel was a a bounty hunter vessel that you've received an alarming communication of Help Me from. Uh, and you, have after firing a harpoon over and uh, making your way across, Atticus uh, knocking on the door, as it were, uh, the two mm. of you found yourselves within the the small ship. You've been tasked by Inquisitor Valentine with ascertaining what the Delio is, um, and uh, your <laughs> his your, words, yeah, yeah, yeah his yeah, words yeah. exactly. Yes, it's very like the
0: Delio on the world, the system, and the ship.
2: That's, that's right. right. The Emperor loves Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, we're is- in the Delio system, and I require to know <laughs> what the Delio is. Yes, uh, there's no star shots, just
1: dealios. Um, so, uh, you're aboard the ship. Um, there is a limited amount of, um, of atmosphere. Uh, after punching through, um, one of the, the sort of remaining emergency systems just basically like almost sprayed foam, um, a hardening foam across the gap. So, again, things are floating, um, but, um, you know, there's there's still a limited amount of uh, of sort of atmosphere within within the ship. Um, you can see uh, one of the four crew members uh, sitting in the uh, the captain's chair. Uh, she has shot herself in the face, uh, or so it would seem. Yeah. In one hand is a knockoff uh, bolt pistol, and in the other is a uh, just a delicious looking uh, bottle of uh, amber Amersak. Uh The first you've seen Eli since since taking off.
3: Yep. Um, Eli clocks it uh, and it will be what he grabs uh, just before they leave.
1: Okay, great. Atticus, uh, can you please roll me a perception? Um, Eli, what is your... um, I'm going to say, what is your willpower score?
3: Uh, Willpower, three.
1: Three. Okay, so it's going to be difficulty three, Atticus. Okay. Um, and basically, we're rolling to determine whether you notice. Um, honestly, it's less whether you notice, and it's it's more like how obvious was Eli uh, noticing this. Um, okay. I think Atticus mm. is generally a fairly uh, astute guy. And I think uh, when, it, when it comes to, you know, matters of mission... Um, you know, I, I don't expect you to solve like a spot the differences puzzle, but um, okay, good because yeah, the cunning is not the strong, <laughs> strong uh statistic on this character sheet. Yeah, I honestly just feel like this this kind of moment is something you would have seen in the barracks a lot uh, or on the battlefield a lot. It's literally just someone trying not to show that they noticed something, which um you you've sure. become quite accustomed to. Um, and, you know, as part of your interrogator training, it's vitally important uh, oh, yeah. to the inquisition. So, uh, difficulty of three. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm going to give you a setback because you're wearing a stupid space helmet uh, and you're <laughs> not a man accustomed to stupid space helmets. Yeah. The and stuff to wear lights. your glasses underneath the helmet, too, because you can't, like, reach up and adjust your glasses. You've got the visor and, mm-hmm. you know, it's airtight. Yeah, so. it's just me trying to adjust my glasses <laughs> in VR or just punch myself in the face in a yeah. variety of interesting ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so one set back for that. Um, I think that's it on my end. Yep, I'm comfortable to roll this. And I believe story point wise, we are still sitting at two and three. I think we we both burned burned one last round. Last so time. Yeah. we remain yeah. at uh, two and three in my favor. Okay. Rolling. Two failures, one threat. Fuck yeah. All right. You don't notice a um,
3: goddamn thing. No, i just kidding.
1: Your <laughs> eyes fell out in space. Uh, you're just uh, Sam Neill at the end of Event Horizon. Your eyes are just X-dome oh and you're like, oh, I'm going to run a farm. Um, I don't remember much about Event Horizon. Morpheus was there. Um, so uh, Eli, given the um, the the threat uh, that came in on, on that role, I'm going to say that uh, you get a, a, a boost when you attempt to boost the, hey, yeah. on the way out. Cool. Um, all right. Well, that incredibly intense, necessary, plot important role out of the way. Um, to refresh your memories since it's been a couple of days since we recorded. Um <laughs> small ship. Uh it's kind of a, a large one room ship. Um you can think um the like the Quinjet in the Avengers, you can think a Pelican in uh, Halo, but slightly larger. Um Yep. From the outside, again, very ramshackle. Inside, just kind of a large room. Or, you know, the Milano from uh, Guardians, but if that, like, lounge area was part of the the yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah. In the back, there are two um, cargo, um, sealed cargo containers, essentially, um, almost like uh, standing storage closets uh, that can be used to haul uh, storage of some sort. Um, Otherwise, there's uh, sort of a ready room table, um, small kitchenette. Uh, You can see a sealed-off bathroom. There are bunks just kind of nestled into the wall. Uh, It seems they all kind of sleep in open space. Um, And then up front, we've got a very kind of um, Star Trek uh, shuttle kind Mm -hmm. of situation where there's the captain's chair and then just a bunch of consoles uh, for various other things. You do still have comms back to the Marnie song. Right. What would you like to do?
3: Um... Uh, get started on what we're here for, which is gaining information. So seeing if it's possible, is there any power at all that we've noticed? Or Yeah, so there's
1: there's like, uh, currently there's the, the minimum, you'd say almost like emergency power save yeah. mode. So enough that it, it can convey the message, enough that there are like probably small, not even those those like industrial emergency lights, but just small, almost night lights throughout the cabin. Um, casting dim illumination over uh, uh, panels and things. Um, Eli, I think what this would indicate to you is that um, once uh, the person in the captain's chair killed themselves, the ship likely after some time of no activity dropped to like power save. Um, But there's certainly still enough power that it was able to foam cover the, the hole you punched. So... Um, probably easy enough to get power back online. Um, yeah. You're not sure how long that'll last, uh, but
3: all I are- need to do is like access data banks, transfer stuff to like a data slate, and get off.
1: Cool. All right. So Eli, then you're you're looking at powering up the ship to uh, access the logs. Atius, yeah. what would you like to do?
4: Um, we are aware that this was a crew of four, right? That's correct. Yeah, and we've only seen one person. So Atticus would be looking for the rest of the crew. Yeah. Whether they're corpses or whether they're hiding.
3: Realistically, we should probably both do that for safety first. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, cover That makes other. sense. That would be
4: something that people that are good at their jobs, like yeah. our
3: characters,
1: would do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So let's make this a... Um, do a little
3: two-by-two two throughout the ship.
1: Yeah, cool. I think this is probably just a perception like I, I normally i'd want like an investigation type thing it's not really skull duggery um i would take streetwise or perception uh I
3: think. what about vigilance
1: vigilance is generally meant to be more of a, a reactive um okay. reactive skill so if for example if you were worried something was going to jump out at you and you kind of soft focused it then yep. I'd be like, hell yeah, Vigilance. So if you're hunting like a Xenomorph on this ship, it'd be like, yeah, drop into Vigilance and see what pops out. Fair, but, okay. Um, for just digging around, I don't know that'll help you too much.
3: So just Perception. <laughs> yep. You too. And, huh? uh, yeah. All
4: right, so both of you are going with Perception? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same stats for me from
1: Streetwise and Perception, so. Gotcha, okay. Um, so we're going to go with uh, Difficulty of 2. It's a small mm-hmm. ship. It's easy to search. Okay. There's not a whole hell of a lot of places uh, to look. Um, I am going to, again, give you just setback. Oh, no, sorry. I'm going to give Atticus a setback for the helmet. Um, Eli, you obviously take no setback for that because mm-hmm. you're used to this.
3: Hell yeah. All right, rolling? Yes, please. All right, Eli got, gets one success, one threat.
4: Nice. Yep. I got two advantages,
1: three failures. <laughs> failures <laughs> all right so um Ouch. Eli um Atticus I think you're you're having a, a bit of difficulty in like you're in 0g you've got your helmet on and you've got your arm so I think just generally you're having difficulty navigating the cabin um it's it's extra frustrating for you because these like this kind of security check this kind of let's make sure we're all all right peace comes so naturally to you but it's impeded by factors outside your control. Uh, not unlike riding the bicycle. It's just like slightly outside of your comfort zone enough yep. so that you're you're a little bit off your game. Um, so unfortunately, you just kind of, I think, bumble around a little bit. You um, manage to make oh, your way shit. back to the uh, the cargo um, <laughs> sort of holds. And oh, I oh, oh, like get you.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm upside down now. <laughs> um, you make your way to the back. Um, you're like, I'm going to check these things. They're locked, um, seemingly controlled uh, electronically. So it's just like, it's a bust. It's a bust all the way through. You could punch through, but they're small enough that you would probably destroy what's on the other side um, or risk damaging it. So a uh, uh, whole, whole lot of nothing for you there, sir. Uh Eli, you rolled uh, successes and a threat. Is that correct?
3: One success, one threat.
1: One success, one threat.
3: Yep.
1: Cool. Um, so... In your searching, um, Eli, you find that uh, it's pretty clear, I think, to you that a lot of gear is missing. Um, mm. Knowing kind of what boarding actions would look like and knowing what a ship like this has. It's pretty clear that a bunch of gear went off ship and didn't come back. Um,
3: like like crew gear?
1: Yes, like the, the things you would... It, You obviously, like, it's, I think, a pretty quick, like, looking at the bunks, there's no one in the bunks. You check the washroom, there's no one in the washroom. Um. So then it's a matter of, like, okay, well, if they're not here, what's up? And looking Mm -hmm. around, it's like, oh, very clearly, you know, helmets, guns, all the things you would expect a boarding party to take are missing. Mm -hmm. With the exception of the bolt pistol that is, like, up front. Um yeah. In terms of the threat, uh, I'm just going to pass that forward as a uh, negative on uh, cool. the next team role. Um, because nothing jumps out at you. There's no, there's no, you know, like Jason X is not aboard this this vessel. Um, oh, good. Just uh, well, I mean, you haven't opened the cargo compartments yet, so who knows? But um, a, a quick cursory look um, suggests that um, this place is empty. Meanwhile, back on the Marnie's song, uh, Valentine, you've received a ping uh, from uh, Interrogator Korra uh, requesting a, uh, a parlay of swords. Yeah, he'd summon her to his quarters. Great. All right, Space Marine. That's right, it's me. One of the biggest, toughest orcs in the biggest, toughest war in the galaxy. If you think... That you and all your other beaky boys are gonna come in here and fight us all for the Imperium or whatever, then you're gonna need a hell of a lot of help. And you're gonna need it from patreon.com slash dum dice. I hear for just one of your Imperium dollars, you can join a Patreon only Discord and talk all about your Imperium nonsense with other fans. Or you can add names to the shows, you can even add characters. We don't need any characters here in the wall. We got plenty. But if you want to add one, you can for only twenty-five dollars. Of course, to do that, you're gonna to need to rev up that chainsaw, aren't you, Marine? Oh wait, no, don't, don't do it. No, no, don't do it. Oh, while wow. it's charged up by the power of patreoncom dice! That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Curse you, Spice Marine! So um, she enters uh, a bit tentatively. Um, r- refresh my memory, Ryan. Had you picked up on the fact that she was high or
2: is that That was Morgan. Board? I Morgan. had not interacted directly with her, I okay. don't believe. Other than welcoming her aboard, sending her to quarters, and that was pretty much it. All right, great.
1: So um, then I'm going to want to check from you to see how savvy you are to the state she's in. I would take uh, Medicaid
2: or... Perception work?
1: Yeah, perception works.
2: Dope. Yeah. We will go with perception. Uh also, if he knew she was on the way and he had that like 3 to 5 minute grace period, the he one does. thing he hasn't had time to do is sit down and look at her like her file, whatever oh, they've sure. got in the Inquisition cuz like he doesn't know that much about her and he has had way bigger priorities than Totally. What's going on with this lady? Okay, so if we're doing perception,
1: well, hang on. So hold on. That we'll do. We'll do your little scene of, of the information you receive first, and then right. we, we can go ahead with the role. So um, she'd phrased it very much as like when it's convenient. Uh, you get the sense that um, clearly, Iskander uh, has like trained her well in terms of there is important shit that inquisitors do, and you can request time, but it doesn't mean you get it necessarily. Um, uh, so. The request is very soft as requests go, which gives you the time to to um, check her files. Um, there's not a whole lot. Um, she seems to be up and coming, but um, relatively uh, untested. Uh, again, uh, Ordo Xenos um, under uh, is candor, and as a result, like well positioned, she seems to have, have done well in in the you know few engagements she's been involved with. Um, coming from uh, the glory hole, uh, as uh, mm-hmm. some of our previous party members did, um, very valued for kind of how um, rough and tumble and inventive uh, she is. Um, the record shows kind of commendations for scrappiness and kind of MacGyvering solutions. Uh, she seems very determined once an idea is in her mind, uh, which of course uh, gives you you know flashbacks to um, Lyric. Um, but otherwise, no... No huge highs and no huge lows. Um, she strikes you, I think, honestly, Valentine, as almost kind of where you would have ranked prior to your ship going down and being kind of battlefield raised, where it's like, on paper, you also looked kind of like, yeah, this guy's fine. Like, there's there's nothing against him. He's, you know, he's got a, a good record, smart. He's good at his job, but there's nothing that's like... And then that one time, he fucking blew up the Death Star. Like, there's no... <laughs> big, big, big things um, on a record in terms of kind of personnel file details that you'd have access to. Because again, now you've got inquisitor status, so you've got all sorts of fun shit. Um, Again, very driven. Um, There is a note. um, There's kind of a a, like a redacted uh, folder that you're able to access um, that uh, there is a, like, the biggest personality risks uh, kind of on her file are um, headstrong. So the fact that she will she's so capable at MacGyvering solutions and kind of improvising that the odds of her kind of like jumping out of a plane without a shoot and being like, I'll fucking figure it out are pretty high. Um, not that exact example, but you know what I mean? Um, and uh, there's also some concerns um, about her desire to return home. Um, it's been noted that although she has actively tried to avoid mentioning anything about it, um, y- the sense that her instructors had and uh, the sense that, Uh, as Kander has, is that like a lot of this training is to reach, uh, attain the position of Inquisitor to be able to wield the power and status to like extract her siblings from her home. Like serving the cause and the the catch is this would normally like, if you had a a wildly (laughs) self-centered objective, normally this would just like wash you out of Inquisitorial duty because that's not what it's about. The problem with her is like she still absolutely like crosses every T and dots every I. So there's no, you can't argue with it. And if she were to do that, that would be well within her power. And basically everyone who has tested her has watched for like, are you only in it for this or are you actually committed to the cause? But she apparently really hates Xenos like a lot. So um, anyway, those are the two. It's basically like flight risk slash might value something over duty and um, being uh, impulsive and headstrong.
2: Cool. Interestingly, the drug piece does not appear at all. No, I'm. Yeah, I mean, he. This, this all that all maths out with what he's seen of her. Not you know anybody else's business, but knowing that she's undoubtedly received the report that the world was destroyed because he defiled it in his reports. uh You both like
1: paperwork, like it's you know.
2: And he definitely would have filed that Alto and Lyric are dead, but it's pretty high up there so he doesn't know if she'd have had access to that or not because he's not gonna like lay out the cabal. Like a lot of that shit is extremely redacted to not reported, just in the sense of like pursuing something, which mm-hmm. is the inquisitor's prerogative, uh, but with enough files just coded for top top. Yeah. For also realistically,
1: I don't think you have last names for them. so it would be like two names died in my service. I feel like the Inquisition yeah. probably, like, cool.
2: <laughs> like, what, yeah, two yeah, Uber I mean, drivers died getting you here? Well, that's a shame. <laughs> um, yeah, Lord Inquisitor Sabriel Graves isn't going to be like, well, I better go tell everybody about these God. two idiots he found that also didn't make it. Lyric Did it hurt your have... stars rating?
3: I was going to say, Lyric would have the worst star rating on Uber. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Um, All right. So, yeah, th- then he would just uh, invite her to the quarters. Great. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead with that perception check, please. Um, and
1: uh, honestly, based on the information that you just got, I don't know that that would change this dice roll at all. Um,
2: no, do I mean, have, he doesn't. Do you, he doesn't know her well enough if she's not obviously fucked up to like mm-hmm. a stranger. Like it's that said, I will give
1: you, i um, say a boost for just kind of based on your skills as an interrogator and based on kind of the way you approach people. I think you would the odds of you like noticing something's up are high, um, pun intended. Um, but I feel like if like, you know, you just, you scan people and you're also highly wary of her. So I feel like you would have a thing that said, I am going to give you one, uh, disadvantage from, um, our previous set of rules. Okie dokie. And what's my difficulty? Difficulty is three. Cool.
3: Is a disadvantage a setback? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Okay. Too I much D and
2: All righty. Let's see what happens. Four successes, one threat.
3: All right.
1: Okay. Great. Um. So we'll do. I think the same thing. We'll pass the threat. Uh. Through. To whatever the next roll is in terms of the successes. Uh. Yeah. You are able to clock this. You know, the symptoms of this are pretty uh clear, um also, I think you'd be ex- looking the fact that you're looking for anything that's amiss would mean that like highly diluted pupils is like a pretty fucking clear uh <laughs> yeah. clear thing uh, that's it with that many successes, I will say you also don't detect any outward animosity towards you, which would seem to confirm your theory that you know no one was like. BT dubs, like, sorry, your planet got blown up. Also, there's this guy who took your siblings off it. That's good. They got killed. That's bad. <laughs> but they might be part of an evil monster that none of uh, the characters know about. That's good. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> she enters the uh, the small office and like deferentially bows. Um, despite how drugged up she is, she, like, the decorum is still absolutely present, um, which also, I think, indicates to you that, like, she's a habitual user to a point now where she can function under it. This isn't like an opium den. Like I'm just going to zone out. It's functioning.
2: Uh, that's not great. Okay. Yep. He takes that in. He's like, <laughs> well, you requested a meeting, please take a seat. What can I do for you? Ah,
1: uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, in- inquisitor. Um, I must admit, I don't have a tremendous amount of experience with, uh, other inquisitors, uh, my, the few missions that I've been uh, honored enough uh, to, to serve the, the Emperor on um, have mostly been under his candor. Um, and though I've certainly read the records and uh, encountered other inquisitors in my training, I must admit I've never encountered one with a countenance like yours. Your optimism. And she says it like it's a completely foreign word, which just like, again, could have just come out of Lyric's mouth because like... That was a lady who did not believe in terms like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, Cora just kind of shakes her head and says, I, I must admit, I, it tracks with the doctrine. Everything you said tracks with how I understand imperial doctrine, but it's cheery and I'm not entirely certain what to make of that. So if you'll indulge me, I was curious if you could tell me a bit about your philosophy and, and why you
2: approach things the way you do. It is a delight to be able to discuss this with someone with the clearance to be able to go find all the facts and add this up. So there is an overwhelming theory about the gods of, of, of the dark gods of chaos, etc., etc. We're not going to name them. You get the gist. Oh yes, uh, no. But yes. So the rough idea is that the warp. Again, I've read it. Not a psycho so I'm trying to like speak another language through hieroglyphics, but. The rough idea is that the warp is an echoing reflection of emotion and feelings and the actions of souls in our realm so the very first murder you get a special demon for it uh, someone who likes to cut people's faces off there's a demon for that like the more broad uh, and and wide spectrum the emotion traditionally turbulent and violent the larger the overall force. That's where you get, one could say, the big four are just a summation of large human experiences. Every instinctive rage and murder and homicide, blood god, broken down into the armies of lesser demons as they continue, but adding up to the overall force. My theory and has been presented by a number of uh, knowledgeable psychers over time, is that we, uh, the Imperium, and specifically the Emperor, are a response to that. You may notice, there are no demons of happiness. There are no demons of good cheer. There are no demons of politeness. There are no demons of order, or honor, or nobility, or kindness. Or hope. Hmm. Correct. Very, very correct. False hope, yes. They do love to play that, but it's because it leads into despair again. But... That would mean all positive emotions don't fuel the warp. Everything else does. The darker you go, the stronger they get. The lighter you go, the weaker they are. And, as is my personal belief, the stronger is the emperor. If everyone would just cheer the chug up, we'd all be doing so much better. So all I say is we need to keep things positive. We need to understand that challenges are placed in front of us because the emperor has put them there. And then we just need to move forward.
1: You know, there are a lot of different Xenos. And I was a little bit, um, how to put this tactfully, um, dismissive, I suppose, of your Ordo's. Some of the other Ordos as well, uh, thinking, oh, you only have four big problems to deal with. That's a hell of a lot easier than all of the subspecies, the undiscovered species, the weapons they have, the the way they travel. I mean, no one talks about it enough, but the tower, a big fucking problem. Have you seen their... Uh, Anyway, I've read. It's bad. The weapons are unheard of. If our forges could produce them, we'd be in better state, but... We would never sink to their level. Anyway, you know, you get what I'm saying. I had not ever heard the warp described in such terms, nor the, the Emperor's glory described in, in such terms. Um, it makes a lot of sense. I do question, though, you mentioned that when the, the Emperor gives us uh, what we need in order to combat this darkness, in order to push back against it with feelings if we could all just cheer up, uh, the chug up, as as you put it, um yet, if we follow that doctrine, the Emperor also takes uh, takes everything from some of us, and yet we are asked to greet that loss, uh, as you have described it, with with cheer and with a step. We've both read the reports of exactly how many psychers go down in order to keep his golden throne running, and of course, their sacrifice means little compared to the life of the Emperor. But I doubt they are smiling as they are fed to the flames. So, when one has everything burnt away in the name and the glory of the Emperor, how do you move forward with that?
2: Well, you serve a greater purpose beyond yourself. The idea of loss is the idea of ownership. The idea that you were brought into this place so you could own land or people or feelings, and that you are the center of humanity. We are not, we are a large mass. We are here to help keep that mass heading in the right direction. And after we die, I mean, there are two options. We commune with the emperor and build a brighter future that keeps humanity together, or we are devoured and torn apart by the gibbering masses of the warp for eternity. Frankly, the emperor is a much better deal, both for the people who are alive and for those who are dead. There are archaic ideas of heaven. The idea of, I guess, living out our lives again in a better place forever with no conflict, playing harps, singing. <laughs> that's fine. but that there's That sounds no like purpose. an awful nursery rhyme for
1: idiot children.
2: I feel the same way. I can't believe old people believed in this. It's, it's just, why? Why? Sitting on a cloud for eternity. Ugh. Also, in no corner of this
1: universe <laughs> does a place like that exist. We have established this. Yes, there, yes. It, there's a grim
2: darkness to this place. Uh, and a delightful golden purpose. We can commune with the emperor because the emperor is not just his own being. Logically, we have to balance the forces of the warp, and there are the grand gods, but there are demi-legions of those below them and below them, and working together is what gives them their tremendously insidious power. Because if they can tear a soul to the darkness, it joins their army. But if a soul can stay in the light, it dances with the Emperor. And it is not just one monolithic being burning away the other. It is an army. It is a legion. It is an imperium of man, not just of the physicality, but of the soul. We lose nothing. We gain so much by giving it.
1: I suppose my final question then, Inquisitor, and like she's got a tear in her eyes. She says this which says i suppose my final question then inquisitor is in this army do they have titans because i know someone who i think would very much like to drive one
2: well the emperor also happens to be the Omnissiah of the Machine God, and there have been countless loyal engines lost over time. And that means machine spirits are on the right side of history. So yes, there would be Titans. The only fear you would need to have is if you felt that those you had lost were lost without purpose and without a belief in the Emperor. Do you believe those you lost had no faith?
1: i have to believe that they believed in a servant of the emperor if not the emperor himself someone who left to gain the necessary means uh, to assist them to enact the emperor's purpose where i come from the emperor was um, not as clearly defined as as you would know him and his glory as i now know him and his glory but i have to believe they had faith in me and if they had faith in me they have faith in the emperor for i am not but a tool of his will so if they believed i would return then yes i believe they had that grace i have to believe that i suppose thank you inquisitor this has been very illuminating yes And with all of the effort in her body she grins Uh, and it is not a pleasant grin but damn it she's trying uh, and that. With that she she bows and and takes her leave. Just 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 a just a moment
2: mm-hmm. if you could talk sit for a second. <laughs> I've read your file. I have been to Galen's glory. I do not know what you know of me, but I was there at the end. Oh, that poker face is fucking gone. Um <laughs> she like rushes
1: the table and uh, you can you can see a bit more of the drug effect now as she kind yeah. of like leans across She's not, like, leaping across the table at you, just, like, you know, hands on the table. What do you know?
2: The world was lost. But what I can tell you is that your two siblings, Alto and Lyric, left that world with me. They served alongside me. They chased the cabal that we ourselves are now chasing. They were lost in that attempt through a combination of dark warp craft and Xenos attention almost a balancing scale, as though it were you and I. And so I seek to avenge them. But I know that they died with purpose. I know that they died for the cause we now share. I know that they died for the future of humanity. And I know that their souls are on the side of the emperor. At least one of them. Um, And
1: uh, she... Kind of like actually legitimately smiles half smiles like tragically half smiles at that and says uh yes i suspect the other one's up there driving his titan
2: yes that Um, one i am very sure is driving a titan the other was lost in a plane crash was lost after physical corruption i assume she died there a tragic loss but her soul was pure up until that moment, and we can hope that only her body was corrupted. Should Did she they... have survived it, then we will hunt her down and grant her absolution. Did they
1: know I was coming
2: back? I don't know. They spoke fondly of you. I can confirm this. Did they, Ryan? Ryan? They never said anything fucking bad about her from all I okay. can Fair enough. All right, I won't make you roll for it
1: then. Um, that's fair. That's a, that's a fair uh, sin of admission. I'll take it. Um, so that she kind of like um, nods and like is barely containing a tremendous amount of, of motion and just kind of through gritted teeth says, thank you, Inquisitor. This is useful information. And then just like turns on her heel and, and, and books it. Uh, it's less the like formal stride she had and more kind of like a, a tearing down the hall um. Kind of situation uh leaving you um alone in your office uh but unburdened of a uh a, a dark secret um, and i'm not sure if you're any closer to knowing whether or not uh you've tipped the scale on her future um you were you've previously described some fear that she may end up as part of your vision that you'd previously
2: seen yeah uh, he's he's weighed the odds and the conversation was interesting She is, at this point, a tremendous liability, which is why he does not send a message to Morgan being like, we got to call off the murder plot. This is the like, we're going to quietly test this this woman to see if she can get her shit together or I will put a bolt in her head myself and shove her out an airlock. Because the lack of belief in the emperor and the idea that the emperor took things from her. That's it's like that's a hot fucking coal. Up until this, she was someone who like bad shit had happened to. And and Valentine can understand that bad shit affects other people because they're not as strong as he is. And they don't have as much understanding of the way the universe works. <laughs>
1: they don't have that song in their heart. like I Yeah.
2: Can. But now it's like she's an addict, which he does not appreciate or have empathy for in interrogators any general member of the population he understands that it's a a thing that they're chasing will have to fight but like you can't be lining up to be the i get to push a button and the world explodes and also be like i got emotional and now have stumbled into a level of addiction that's uh, like messing with my duties so between that and the borderline heresy that was just presented in this room to him. He's like, I'm going to try to coach you back to the right side, but you got, like, a weak motherfucker. Like,
3: <laughs> also, like, who, what is this, like, person's rank that they know about, like, the Emperor and the psychers sacrifice to him? Like, that's uh, well, not well, she, common knowledge. <laughs> she's an I
1: interrogator, say, so she'd have uh, access. Yeah. Last Gleaming is a, is a leaky sieve of inquisitorial knowledge because there's a lot of people who have very very high clearance a lot of people who don't have high clearance but they all drink in the same places and word kind of gets around it's the it's like one of the things i like playing with with the imperium particularly is like the further and further and further you get away from terra people just set up that, like it gets easier and easier to create your own like little web of safety where it's like well no one's gonna fucking tell anyone if we just talk about it out here <laughs> of course we have a beast man doctor who gives a shit like it's that <laughs> level of like things are a little bit more lapse. Yeah. um and i mean i love i love the longevity of people in the imperium where it's like this person's been alive for a thousand years they're barely sentient anymore but we've kept them going and it's like do you really believe that guy isn't fucking just walking around being like, what what about the psycho sacrifice? (laughs) And it's like, Barry, stop. Oh, sorry. Shit. I mean, JK. And then he like toddles away.
2: So yeah. Also, uh, she was no one told
1: her officially, but she
2: She was also an interrogator to a Lord inquisitor subsector, which is Mm. very different than being just like a field interrogator. Cause like you got the library, you have access to all the files that are there. She probably would know more than most inquisitors.
1: Yeah, no, I forgot about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's
1: literally just like the White House aides. Where it's just yeah. like you're just technically a, a political aide, but you happen to be an aide in the White House, and as a result, yeah. um. But yeah, um don't worry. She'll probably end up with a bolt in her head anyway, so it's not gonna matter. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh so good. So Valentine, you've got kind of your um you've got your your kind of benchmark for this. Uh yeah. we cut back to the Iron Kestrel, um, where uh Atticus, <laughs> you are just just pinwheeling around, just bumping into things, uh just a just our sweet, sweet zero G boy. Um but uh Eli, you've had more success. Uh you've determined that uh the remaining three crew members are not aboard. Um and that's about it. So the second thing you said you want to do was turn things back on for that. I would like a tech use.
3: Okay. Tech use. Tech use. All right. Got that set up. Okie dokie. And what difficulty would you like, sir? Um,
1: I'm going to say difficulty three because this mm-hmm. thing is a piece of shit machine.
3: That's fair. Uh, Can I use anything? No, all my talents are combat related.
2: (laughs) So you can use a threat
1: I saved for you. Yes, you can have that. Uh, You can shoot it with your (laughs) shotgun, Um, Eli. I will give you one.
3: Oh, I do. I I get a setback, right?
1: You do. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. But I'm also going to give you a boost, um, just because I think this is this isn't something you do a lot. But this is the I think the space like the the breach and clear equivalent of learning to change a spare tire. Um, right so you're not the best in the world at this but it's also not your first rodeo like you would have at least studied the manual but based on the drills that we observed you do like one session ago i think maybe you've had a kick at this before
3: (laughs) okay uh let's just go for it let's see what happens oh no (laughs) should have should have done more (laughs) uh one failure two threats
1: um (laughs) all all right so you uh you flick the switch um and uh the um you know there's kind of a a pulse of energy um that that travels through but it's a little bit like when a generator is shorting it's that like low electrical um and immediately um panels begin to to break um and and shatter um on the uh thing you realize that um so there was some damage, some critical damage to the ship, uh, and by turning on the instruments, um, basically the, inter- the the guts of this ship are are quickly tearing themselves apart. Yeah. Um, immediately, the clacks didn't start going off. Um, mm-hmm. at a, because you're in prime floating position, um, you can see just kind of a, a, like a brief. You spend enough time with Grimly now, I think, to understand like what warnings on in a ship might mean. Um, you can see that the engine um, is critically damaged um, and inoperable. Um, so it is, it's is—it's possible this ship was shut down in order to prevent the engine from uh, exploding. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. now that someone who shall remain nameless has turned it back on, um, there's a power surge coursing throughout the ship. which basically means that the two of you have uh, an action or maybe two uh, to stop the ship you're in from exploding. So what do you do? Gosh,
3: what huh. can
4: I do? Uh, I mean, How can Atticus's I? <laughs> instinct is to destroy the engine. Okay. Uh, if uh, if Eli can think of something more clever than that, because we won't have any power after that solution, uh, that's that's up to Eli. But Atticus is going to try and make his way over to the engine with the intention of...
3: Uh, we does can... he
1: radio Eli to say this or does he just go? No, he's just going. That's, yeah, that's the thing, is he's like... Just imagining little awkward swims and arm arm flails until you can get a proper Uh, handhold. If he can get to the engine, that'll
4: be when he says, like... uh, 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 You know, he'll have gone on the radio, actually, so everyone can hear. He's like, uh, uh, we've triggered some kind of uh, power surge here, I'm making my way to the engine now. Once he arrives... I'm at the engine, preparing to destroy it.
3: Just cut the relays.
2: What What are those? Atticus, if you see any tubes or cables coming out of the engine, cut those. Don't hit the engine. It'll explode. Right. Uh, Here we are. And I will just
1: start. Alright, give me, uh, <laughs> this is a new one for you, my big uh, it's going to be a mealy Um <laughs> I, I don't know how you're going to manage. Uh, I mean, miss- we'll see.
2: Yeah, so, you're, you're attacking an inanimate vehicle. How, how yeah. are you ever going to do this?
1: So um, I am going to give you difficulty on this. Uh, I think based on your your like anti-vehicle armor piece, this would be a pretty easy one to just step the roll on, with the exception of the fact that they've basically just yelled at you to be like, cut the red wire, not the blue wire. But, oh, if there's several shades of red, just get the one that's the most scarlet. And you're like okie dokie so the difficulty will actually
0: no Tom
3: it's like there's a box and there's wires coming out of it cut any of the wires
1: I'm sorry what engines do you know that just have a box of fucking wires sticking out because if that's your engine you need to get it checked out yeah (laughs) yeah the wires are not exposed that's how
2: our car works there's a box and then the wires
1: all right well look i drive a flintstone car so i don't fucking know all right i got a mouthy ass bird (laughs) who acts as the horn and i stick my feet through the bottom and run real fast so that we can go get our (laughs) giant you know driving rib that's what that was it's a brontosaurus steak gross (laughs) they have a they have a brontosaurus in their house they're monsters anyway um We are in the far future, (laughs) not the ancient past. Um, So, uh, no, there aren't just like a bunch of fucking cut me wires sticking out uh, like a bad VR game. You're going to have to rip a bunch of shit out of a wall. And I'm going to roll to see if you are nimble enough with those fingies to not rip everything out of the wall. Sure. If you have a problem with it, Eli, I'll fucking space you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Space Laura. Leave Eli alone. He has nothing uh, to do
1: with this. Leave Eli alone. Respectfully. Mm-hmm. What is the difficulty of this check? Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. You see, isn't that nice? Um, the uh, difficulty is only three. Um, okay. But that's, again, to account for, like, big arm uh, ripping into wall and then digging through wall to try and find which cables to, to tear. Okay. Um, I used up all of Laura's dice on... on the ship about to explode. So we will say no, no setbacks from that. Um, that's baked into the difficulty. Nice. Uh, you get your, um, your vehicle pierce, armor pierce thing is two. I'm going to give that to you as a as, uh, bonus dice because there's no, like technically there's no armor here, but you should get some benefit from that. Okay. Story point situation is two and three in my favor. I'm going to spend one to crank, uh, crank it up. Mm-hmm. Cool. And okay. And that is it from me. Rolling.
4: Two successes, seven advantages. (laughs) 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 I'd like to pass the savings on to you. All
1: right, great. It so- turns
3: out it was a box with some wires.
1: <laughs> yeah, he rips through the wall and inside it's just like clearly labeled individual. It's like hospital corridors where it's like red. This does this. This is the right. coolant wire. You don't want this one. This is the main cable.
3: In case um, of emergency, cut here.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's just like a fallout Pip-Boy guy with scissors. Um, but obviously he's got a servo skull and an Aquila yeah. on him because 40K. Um, yeah, great. So um, Atticus, uh, easy peasy. Uh, you, you, you can very clearly see which, which one to, to pull. Uh, you, you tear it effortlessly out. Um, and sure enough, the, um, the power uh, surging sound um, stops almost immediately. All the emergency lights um, turn off um, and you're kind of plunged into darkness aside from, I assume like these suits, it's funny, like um, EVA suits are always in my head just like the Star Trek First Contact ones. Well like kind of bulky and have like little flashlights, so you've got you know external flashlights in addition to the ones that light your mug um, so that we can see you in the movie version. Hmm. Um, presumably they've got like metal and spikes on them because you know um, <laughs> but yeah, so you've got limited light um kind of coming off of you, but uh, now you're you're plunged into into spoopy darkness. Would this ship have like a
4: black box? Is that a thing? Like can, can, like, can we pull a chunk of this
1: yeah, out you the bring ship? Yeah, like, you can bring circuit that's boards our and data? with you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. if, if we'd gone one more round, then the circuits would have been fried, and then the following round, the ship explodes. So <laughs> you can still rip shit out of... Sweet. Yeah, you can take okay. it with you and, and power it up over there. Grimley had be, best
2: be yeah. able to power it up over there. Or you're going <laughs> to oh, have some words for him, presumably. Uh, yeah. Uh, Colonel Vess, uh, be- could we confirm that you are still alive?
4: Uh, yes, sir, confirmed. Managed to cut the power in time. I uh I propose we uh excavate the uh, captain's terminal, bring it over to uh Marnie's song, power it
2: there, and uh get our information that way. Excellent. You have one hour at most. Understood, sir.
4: Uh, and Atticus has one tool for. All of these jobs, and is basically looking at the captain's console
1: to basically like
4: scoop it out with his massive. Well, hand. look, it's
1: not like it's a bunch of exposed captain's console wires just sticking out with information. Yeah, uh, no, this is easy enough. Like, particularly with an hour, like you go over you tin can yeah opener the uh, the front console. And I think it's literally just like looking for circuit boards um, and that sort of thing. But yeah, the equivalent of a black box, just because it is forty K technology, it is like jagged the and blackest weird. Blackest box, <laughs> truly. Um, Eli, what are you doing? Well, Atticus is uh, is is doing this.
3: Um, if there is there anywhere else like. In the cruise area where there might have been, I oh don't know, you said everything was taken. I'm just wondering if there's any other sources of information that you would You do be have useful. the two
1: locked cargo spaces that with an hour, you could probably force your way. Yeah,
3: I, I definitely want to know them. what's in, in those. I mean, what they're carrying should tell us something about, you know, what sure. the hell they're up to.
1: Cool. So I also feel like that's something you could be like, hey, Atticus, can you punch through this wall, yeah. please? Um, with pleasure. So to um, <laughs> take a break from scooping stuff. Uh, and I think for the, the purposes of like having not powered these, you're only going to get one uh, in the amount of time. One Atticus, you punch through it and it just like inverts and slowly flies off into space. Um, but the other one, you're able to kind of like um, crank and tear open. Um, and uh, out of it drifts um, a, a bunch of uh, scrap metal. Um, so Atticus, you go back to, to kind of taking out the black hmm. box. Eli, um, you basically have uh, a number of large chunks. You can almost think like the, um, almost like the hood of a car sized um, pieces of metal um, that just kind of like slowly float out uh, towards you. Um, there's a wide variety of different pieces. Um, in some ways, it almost looks like someone knocked over a, uh, like a junk box in here. Yeah. Um,
3: like human made junk?
1: Yes. Yes. Very okay. much. Um Yeah. Um, and heavy, like heavy, heavy duty metal. Um, yep. you shining your light, uh, across this sort of like car hood thing that's just bounced off of you. Um, mm-hmm. you see it's, uh, stenciled, uh, with the letters NS3.
3: NS3. Yes.
1: NS-3. Okay. Um, and the, um... Just a cursory look at it. Um, there's heavy scorch marks um, on uh, one edge of it. Um, that so looks can, like it was. Yeah, so
3: I can probably assume that this is from like a vessel they destroyed.
1: It's from a destroyed vessel, yeah. yeah. And it, this is definitely like last cannon fire. Okay. This is like a last cannon battery. Yeah. Did this. any, any seen, other
3: um, any other markings, numbers, um, serial so numbers? <laughs> you're
1: you're, um, you're just kind of like. I think now sorting through the stuff. I will say, in the time it takes Atticus to dig everything out, you can haul all of this back. It's kind of hard because again, you're in a dark space, like yeah. shining a light on the stuff. So, um,
3: well, there's got some. It's a cargo hold. There's got to be some netting. I can,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do something, you make yourself like a weird winch like, sack. Weirdly, um, yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, we we all had a sneaky sack in yeah. in mind. It's good. Um, yeah so you're able to gather gather it up um pretty easily and again these are large even the bits that look like you know like a like a spark plug are still like the size of your arm like they yeah. you know it's it's very much wreckage from a ship um and um i think from what you gather as you're putting this just like putting it in the bag before really having a, a deeper inspection um it's very all of it is very um almost a monochrome like it's not fancy by any stretch this mm. is like unpainted metal this is very very um industrial style okay um stuff there's not a lot of embellishment it's very kind of rough
3: yep functional um, didn't yep. need okay
1: 100 percent. all right so you get your uh your, your sack uh sack of stuff together um atticus you manage to uh get the black box together Uh, And the two of you are ready to make your way back, uh, which, of course, brings us to Eli. Um, You've got to see if you can pocket this bottle uh, on the way. You Mm -hmm. now conveniently have a large thing you can stow it in, but you'll also have to secret it out of that on the way out. Um, Yeah.
3: uh, Do I have a pocket like on my leg or on my torso? Uh,
1: Not that's big enough for a full like. You could yeah. zip it into your thing, you just have to expose yourself to vacuum. So yeah, um, I, Jesus. Don't,
3: I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, otherwise it's like you're you're trying to steal like a two liter of coke in Buck. your pocket at the grocery store. It's not
2: yeah. impossible, but it is highly improbable. <laughs> but it is very Florida.
1: I brought this <laughs> Coke from home.
3: <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's tricky. Cause I think he would want to almost play it off as like taking it openly and being like for the inst- like face. I think, I think what it- because he can't, I don't think he can do the secretly. He knows he can't do it secretly if it goes with like the scrap metal bits. He, it's not like he's got like a bunch of bubble wrap to like cover it in. Um, yeah. so I he like you know, grabbing onto walls and such, just goes over to the captain's body, takes it, looks at Atticus and be like for a special occasion and kind of like shakes it at him. And then uh uh Well
1: let's let's see if there's an in then uh Atticus, how do you yeah. respond to that? Yeah. Uh uh
4: For a special occasion we're on a mission. Uh uh <laughs> The Inquisitor will know what to do with everything we bring over. I'll be sure to note that as well.
3: Alright, I guess the Inquisitor's gonna enjoy a special occasion then. Whatever, it's getting on the ship.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and with that Baby steps.
0: Baby yeah, steps. Yeah. We'll with... sort it of the rest later.
1: <laughs> the sound policy on any salvage mission uh with that uh, the two of you make your way back over to Marnie's song uh, to further examine uh the uh, the mysteries uh that you've recovered from the iron kestrel as uh grimly moody uh pings you inquisitor to inform you that uh he has the coordinates of the help me uh repeating signal deep within the asteroid belt
0: this episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler_Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at ELHemstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovick at deltastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at Delborvik.com. D E L B O R O B I C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazzar." J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubblecom slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator and death to all the heretics.
2: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet. Christopher Little. Sue One. George Dolby. Richard Cranium. Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes d d Allen, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Allerain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
4: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
2: Good evening, and welcome to Strange Air. I'm your host, Malcolm Smith, and I'll be here for the next four hours, taking your calls as we explore the outer regions of reality. Ten years ago, Malcolm Smith vanished from the face of the Earth. One moment, he was on the air in the middle of a sentence. And the next moment,
3: he was gone.
2: People will believe anything.
3: So what do you think happened? I believe your father staged the whole thing. I believe your daddy was taken. Do you believe in
2: miracles? I guess people believe what they want to believe.
3: I believe I'll have a little more wine. It's time you heard the truth about your father. You're completely insane. Did someone hit you?
2: Leave me alone! What's going on?
3: I'm going to find my father. Strange Air. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit strangeairpodcast.com for more information.